From Florida, I'm having a chat with Joe Manusa, the founder of a thriving real estate brokerage listed among the Forbes Inc. 5000. He recently published the book, The Business of Getting Business, and his story caught my eye because it's different and relatable for a small business owner. He's an example of a man who made a really successful company by implementing a carefully crafted digital strategy. So this is not another story of one of the big corps, but a lesson from someone who did it himself. Right, on with the show. From Studio Roo, I'm Jesse Fram, and this is Bosses for Breakfast, a show where I invite inspiring visionaries and leaders in for a talk about business, branding and communication, and together we gather insights into what makes a difference in the learnings they're bringing forward today. Hey, Joe, thanks for joining the show. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, Jesse. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. I know it's quite early morning for you. I don't know how I convinced you about getting out of bed this early, but just in general, can you tell me a bit about your morning routine? What do you do? I'm definitely a morning person, probably from my military background. I'm I'm usually up and at it by about five o'clock in the morning. This is perfect for me. Oh, wow, Jesus. It's not really early for you. I think it's a seven now? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think that's, that's morning for me at least. Generally, what is it that you do? Can you just give the listeners a little bit of an introduction to your background and where you're at? Sure. I've owned a real estate company for nearly 30 years, and we basically help families buy and sell homes. Back in 2007, I started switching towards a digital model, and that means my mornings are focused on getting my daily marketing production mix put together and automated so that a lot of the outgoing and placed content is done. If you reach me by email at five o'clock in the morning, I'm usually knocking out the daily blog or, or getting it set up on the social media channels that we use. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, because I know you are probably one of the people that have come across that does digital marketing in there in a very structured manner, which is super impressive and so structured that you actually written a book about it. Could you tell me a little bit about the book and what made you write it and, and what is it about? I've been doing this now for about 13 years and it just struck me that there was no resource for the small business owner or blogger who really wanted to take advantage of digital and monetize their operation through the internet. So I basically wrote the book I wish I had had when I started. I've also used it as a training manual for my new employees Probably the final reason I wrote it was as a warning to small businesses and bloggers to let them know there's a new threat here. In the past, as a business owner, you always knew who your competition was. If you're a small business owner, your competition is typically local in nature. You see them, you see their their angle or their spin on, on how they're approaching the industry, and then you compete. And really... That's never changed. There's always been new competition, but you always saw it and you knew who it was. And and they had to be able to do what you were able to do or they wouldn't survive. But today there's a new threat and I call them digital marketers. And these are organizations that are coming in to industries with no intention of servicing a customer. They're there solely to generate opportunities 
in leads and to sell those to the businesses that are already in the industry. And initially, most businesses perceive this as a benefit or an opportunity to get more business. But in essence, what they're doing is they're outsourcing business generation to a company that one day will consume them. And if you want to see examples of this in the U.S., you really don't need to look any further than Amazon for many industries. Inside of real estate, you can look at companies like Zillow in the home services sector, Home Advisor, Angie's List. There's a bunch of marketing organizations that will never service a customer that are coming in and taking over industries. Okay. So do you think small businesses stand a chance today then if they start thinking in the right way and acting in the right way? Or is it just you're up against such big players in the market that it's just going to be really, really hard? Well, it's a combination. It's going to be really, really hard. But no, I don't think this is the death of small business. We have the opportunity to bring local that the large outside organizations can't bring to the table. We have local knowledge. We have local experience. And if you can show a value of that to the consumer, and more importantly, draw the consumer to your organization, then I think you can thrive in the future. The benefit to me as a small business of these invading organizations is that they're a threat, not just to me, but they're a threat to my other local competition. And I'm using the digital channels to stand apart from my other competition. And so taking advantage of the local segment in my market is basically something that the large out-of-town organizations can't do. Yeah, that makes sense. So if we take a step back, just generally, how would you define digital marketing? Let's get that clear for everyone first. What is that? Okay, well, technically, the definition of digital marketing is the marketing of products or services using digital technologies on the internet. Things like mobile phone apps, display advertising, pay-per-click, emails, text, the electronic version of things we've done in the past. That's digital marketing. There are some clear black and white examples of digital marketing like email, but there's also some gray areas. One such gray area would be newspaper advertising. There's nothing more traditional than advertising in a newspaper. But today when you advertise in a newspaper, you typically get an ad placed on their digital version of their newspaper as well. And that can go right into your digital marketing side. If you're a startup company or a small breaking layer or just a smaller scale business, this is a lot to take in. Where would you start? You're starting from scratch. What's the first five things you would go out and do tomorrow? Well, like with anything in business, it really, it starts with planning. The first thing I would do is I would research organizations like mine in industries like mine in sectors like mine, across the internet and across the globe. I would find somebody who is doing it digitally and finding success, and I would look at them for some examples of some things I might want to consider doing. I would also try to conceptualize my digital lead funnel. 
And what I mean by that is how am I going to attract people? What am I going to do with those people? And how do I convert those people to revenue? That's something that takes a little bit of time, but it's surprisingly, I don't want to say easy, but it's, you'll get it intuitively if you already are succeeding in a business without digital. It just is a little different way of looking at customer service from lead generation through conversion to revenue. I would evaluate my current personnel and my operating processes to handle digital leads, to take people who are inquiries online. They have a different need set than the traditional customer calling into your organization or walking through your door. And so you need to have your personnel trained, but also the the right kind of personnel who understand what this new customer is going to look like. Probably the fourth thing I would do is I would take all of that and write a plan. I would not just jump into this without a written plan. And then the fifth step is I would ensure that a very important person in the organization is in charge of this plan. If you dole this off to somebody and then continue going about your business, you will not succeed in your transition to digital. This has got to be somebody who has authority in the organization and who understands the importance of this change. Do you think, is there, you mentioned it a little bit, that there's a gray zone area. Would you go digital with a combination of offline or would you trans? For yourself completely into digital? Is that where things are happening? Or what do you do in your business? Well, again, the way you come to an answer on that is you evaluate what you want to accomplish in this funnel with your customers. And you also want to look at what other people in your industry who maybe are a little further ahead of you on this transition, see what they're doing. I can't imagine not having a strong online presence and using that as a major part of what you're doing. Yeah, it's almost banned today not to do it. I think even if you're able to attract customers, they're going to go to their primary search engine to find out more about you. So a lot of times in the past, we knew that word of mouth would be the strength of our business And today, I like to think of it as word of Google is the strength of our business. If you don't have a very strong reputation and are highly visible on Google in the U.S., you have no business. That makes sense. Do you think there's a difference in business-to-business businesses versus business-to-consumer and the way they're acting online? Absolutely. And my experience is definitely B2C, but there's applications for this in business-to-business Primarily, I'm looking at more of the B2C relationship because there's a lot more interactions and not as long of term of relationships on the B2C side. Looking at social media, everybody writes about social media, and I would be guessing that in most cases, it will go in tandem with other strategies. What do you do when it comes to social? That's a great question. And I actually spent a lot of time on this in the book. And the the funny part of social media is that generally speaking, 
if you are the age of a person who owns a business, you are probably not the age of a person that's using a lot of different social media. So when most companies look at social media, they really don't have an idea of how to put it in play. And so I created what I call the analogy of a shopping mall. And I tried to demonstrate an example of how each social media platform might replace something that you would traditionally find in an offline shopping mall. Can you try and take us through the shopping mall example? As a sneak peek, I would say that the key to deploying social media is to choose the right application for your industry and focus on, on one specific platform as opposed to trying to be everything to everybody. Facebook in that shopping mall of the future is kind of like the food court. It's where everybody comes together and you end up bumping into friends and you can get a lot of promotional value out of being visible at the food court. And that's what Facebook's all about. Nobody goes to Facebook in my industry. Nobody goes to Facebook to buy a home, but I can still do a lot of marketing on Facebook that helps me sell a lot of homes. Yeah. It's very interesting, isn't it? It's where people get the interest and the appetite. So looking at a more sustainable plan, I know that you talked about that in your business, you would obviously delegate to a responsible person, but you would never just then exit yourself and be on a board because it's it's high on the priority list. But creating a sustainable plan, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, the first thought is historically, marketers and sales forces almost worked against each other because they relied on each other and there was competition for the same dollar in the company. And marketing reports are only as good as the data that is fed into them. And historically, we've had to rely on our sales force to tell us where a customer came from. And as with all word of mouth programs, it was not highly accurate and it was biased towards most salespeople wanting to make themselves look good. Digital's completely different. We know where every single lead comes from. We can track cause and effect with digital marketing, unlike anything we ever dreamed of in historic marketing. So the long-term sustainable digital strategy is one where you set up measurement processes early and you continue to measure your long-term ROI trend. If you know that a dollar going in is going to equate to $5 coming out, then you do it. And I'm obviously generalizing. If a dollar goes in, brings in half a dollar coming out, you terminate. And so you can test and explore and run marketing with very accurate ROI analysis. And that's something that I think marketers have dreamed of for a long time. It's interesting. Back in the days, it will almost be repeat, repeat, repeat. Someone will always hear your message for the first time. And if they hear it for the 10th time, maybe it will sink in. But now you can really be more strategic than ever, right? And just get numbers against it. And they just the numbers doesn't lie, right? Exactly. 
Yeah, it's funny. So in general, measuring success, and now we're talking about it, do you, are there some parameters that you would look at that are more important than others? Yeah, I, I would say that most business owners really understand the customer that they deal with on a regular basis. I would try to take that understanding and take a step back and think about what that customer looks like before they walk in your door. We call it reverse engineering the sales process. The reason somebody historically has walked in your door is they've gone through a needs analysis and determined you were a very likely candidate to satisfy their need. And whether you have a product or a service, that is the case. And what you really want to do is try to figure out what the gestation cycle is for this consumer. And if they walk in your door and you're able to satisfy their needs within an hour, this isn't a customer that has been in your industry for an hour. This is a customer who has had a problem, who has thought about the problem, who's gone online and researched the problem, and then has decided that you are the solution to that problem. And the best strategy, I believe, for, for digital marketing is to try to interact and embrace this customer long before the decision-making process so that when it comes time to make a decision, you're the logical solution. I can give you an example. I have found in real estate that the typical home buyer is online nine and a half months before they move into a new home. That is crazy. That, yeah. Historically, we've worked with a buyer for those final two months. We spend a couple of weeks with them, get them into a home, and within a month, a month and a half, they close on the home and it's done. So the historic side is a 60-day process. The digital side is, is nine and a half months. And they'll start being invented and research areas and research opportunities and yeah. Do you have any thoughts of what's going to happen in the future? Is it going to be this way forward? Are there anything coming in near horizon that you are starting to look at and be like, oh, I think I might have to start considering this part as well? I'm not really good at seeing the future. I had to be alerted from friends about email back in the 90s. Same thing with digital. I had somebody tell me I should be blogging. So I would tell you that the future is going to have a lot to do with AI. And AI started from a digital marketing standpoint. The simplest AI is probably the autoresponder on your email. It hasn't taken long, but the consumer does not want to see your autoresponder anymore. And so as with all marketing, we experiment. We test and we measure and we test and we measure. There are AI now that can interact with a customer through a chat on your website that is scary in its realism, its ability to demonstrate empathy and to ask the right questions. And I just have to believe that within the next couple of years, there will be AI that is just perfect solution for your company around the clock. And you'll have less need for personnel to interact with your online customers. But AI is something that we're looking at right now in testing. Yeah, yeah. It's scary. Remember when people are talking about the robots are coming to take your job. They really are. <laughs> they, yes, they are. 
Well, I think I would let that be the final words. Yeah, it was really insightful and obviously also encouraged everyone to, to look at your book. I've had a good read of it. If you're a small business owner, I think this is a good read. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah, thank you so much. Cheers. Buses for Breakfast are hosted by me and produced by Studio Roo. If you like our show and want more exciting stories like this, don't forget to follow us. You can get all episodes for free on any of your preferred podcast services. 